This podcast was inspired by an internship with the Museum of Motherhood. Please visit mommuseum.org for more information about the museum, to find out how you can get involved, and to help us strengthen our wonderful community of mothers. Again, that is mommuseum.org. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Bethany. And I'm Amanda. And And we're we're sisters. We are both toddler moms, but we have very different experiences of motherhood. So we are on a mission to talk to different moms who all have different experiences. With a whole lot of laughter, tears, and probably coffee, we embark on a journey to experience motherhood through the eyes of others. Please join us on this journey as we explore motherhood through funny, loving, and very real memories. This This is Mom Talks Talks with My Sister. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I am having a wonderful day, actually. How are you? I love that. I'm also having a good day. I don't know if I could say wonderful, but it's not a bad day, so it's good. Well, if it's not a bad day, then you're winning. That's right. I'll take it. (laughs) That's where I'm at in my life. If it's not a bad day, I am ahead of the game. It's like I have bad days, and then every other day is just a win. That's how I have to take it. (laughs) Unless you win the lottery and then you're like, this is a great day. Even if it's $10, I'm like, this day is significantly improved. I always say that I'm going to win the lottery, but I mean, I literally don't play the lottery. Like I don't even buy scratch You got to play to win. You got to play to win. I know. But I I always just like hope that maybe one day I'll stumble across a winning lottery ticket like on the street or something. I feel like somebody needs to like have the job of just walking in front of me, dropping lottery tickets. <laughs> just winners though, not, not winners. any losers. I mean, but scratch offs are fun. So if they're a loser, it's still fun to play. That's, yeah, that's true. It gives you like five to 10 minutes of fun, depending on like what kind of scratcher you get. I'm one of those people though, that like, and I'm not just saying this, I'm honestly one of those people that like, if there's money on the ground or like in your case, a scratch off ticket, um, I would be like, pick it up and I have to find the owner of this. This is not mine. I have to find who this belongs to because their day is going to be so great once I return this to them. Because if I keep it, then I just feel guilty and be like, ah, this is like some bad juju, some bad karma that I'm like bringing on myself. Yeah. But I feel like if you're just like walking down the street, how do you know who dropped that $10 bill? Are you just going to ask the person in front of you? I mean, Maybe. And maybe the person I ask needs it, right? Yeah, that's true. I was going to say to like mitigate that you could always just like donate it or buy someone like, like the car in front of you and the drive in, not drive in, excuse me, the drive through, like buy their, or not, they wouldn't be in front of you. They'd be behind you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. It's fine. It's late. (laughs) It is late. We are recording late for us. Yeah. Um, my bedtime is actually in 30 minutes and we're just starting. <laughs> my bedtime was 10 minutes ago and we're just starting. <laughs> well, let's move on to our mom moment of the week. Would you like to start? Because I feel like you had a big week. We did have a big week. It was a great mom moment. I am so excited. Well, excited and sad uh to share that my daughter turned three this week she's tree she's tree or as allison would say shri 
Shree. Shree. <laughs> yeah, so it was a good week. It was fun. Like, I feel like I've already noticed us, like, moving out of the terrible twos. And, like, what do they call it for the threes? They, they say three, three natures. The three nature. You know, there are parts of her that are for sure three nature, like, esque, uh, where it's like, you know, she's indecisive on things and you know one minute she'll be you know cuddling with me and give me kisses and then the next she's like giving me attitude uh but it's not bad it's not bad we like we've moved out of like i don't know like almost all baby stage now where it's just like there's not even like an inkling of baby stage like she understands things that i'm like how did you put that together like how did you know that i don't understand like it's it's wild but it's it's exciting it's so like bittersweet, right? Especially no. because you know you're not doing it again. And it's like your baby is growing out of baby. I know. Oh. I know. Oh. I'm like I'm like trying to like keep all of the cuddles and kisses and lovey dovey stuff that I mean, she's such a sweet girl. I'm trying to just like cherish all of those and taking like mental pictures. Um, I know that you haven't watched The Office, but when Jim and Pam get married, sorry, spoiler alert, probably should have said that, but I mean, we're like 20 years removed from that show. But I <laughs> actually feel like you should have said that because I still want to watch it. Oh, no, it, this it doesn't give anything away. You know, Pam and Jim get married, but during their wedding, now. you do know uh, during their wedding, she they do this thing where they like lift up their their hands and they take like mental pictures, but they take things of what's important to them. And like they click like they're pretending to take a picture saying that like, this is my moment, like I'm remembering this moment. And I literally do that with her. Like, I'm obsessed. Yeah, it's the best. You what wonderful concept. Yeah. No, like I'm not actually taking a picture or like my favorite band Matt and Kim said, no time for cameras. We'll use our eyes instead. Nailed it. I love Thank that you. you just dropped Matt and Kim into this. And if there's anybody listening that actually knows Matt and Kim, um, you're welcome. And you are speaking to the biggest fan. You <laughs> were retweeted by them on Twitter. Is that correct? Uh, I was retweeted twice and um, they follow me. So, and I never post anything and they follow me. That was our big exciting week. And we've now officially talked about The Office and we've talked about Matt and Kim. And I feel like now it's your turn for your mom moment of the week. I'm just going to start this off by saying I will in no way be able to drop a hosier line into my story. <laughs> So I'm so sorry, Hozier, that I'm doing you a, a serious disservice here, but it doesn't <laughs> quite fit. Um, so I, my wonderful day. So um, I had to, my son's daycare was closed today and I had to take a day off work, which I say I had to, but like I took a day off work to spend the day with my son. Like you literally can't get better than that. Right. No. So we started the morning, um, I was hoping by sleeping in, which did not happen. He actually woke up early. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we went to the little village restaurant here and we had a pancake breakfast we shared. And after our breakfast date, we went to a park that my brother had recommended that we go to. And I pulled in and I was like, there's no playground here. 
I'm oh, no. confused. Oh, no. Were you at the wrong park? <laughs> no, and I went by, to the right park. By your brother? You mean our, our brother. brother? Oh, my God. <laughs> so sorry. Didn't mean to take that away from you. <laughs> he is he is our brother. Um, no, they took the playground down. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan said, well, Ryan said that it happened probably like five years ago that they took the playground down because he used to drive by it um, for work. And oh. I was like, well, that's a bummer. So we went to a different playground. And okay. when we got there, it was a summer camp. And I was like, oh, oh no. gosh, there are like a hundred kids here. And I'm like looking and I'm like, okay, the playground is actually empty. These kids were like engaged in like games and stuff in the field, which was oh, cool. Good. There were a yeah. few kids on the playground, but not a lot. And it's not that I'm like against going to the playground with other kids in there. It's just that my son's not quite at that age where he knows how to play with other kids. He's still right. like, I want to do this and you're in my way. So I'm just going to sit on you and then go down the slide. <laughs> Cause that's right. what I want to do. Um, and I always get really nervous about how other kids are going to interact with him, especially the bigger kids. Um, Cause they're not always that nice. And um, so I, I decided, you know what, we're going to give it a try. And I am so, so glad that we did. So we walked over to the playground and the very first kid that he interacted with um, turns out it was a seven-year-old little girl. And he was like kind of blocking her way on like the rock wall. And I was like, come on, buddy. Like you have a friend waiting behind you. Like you got to keep moving. And she didn't say anything at first. She just stood there quietly and just waited patiently. And I was like, okay, this is fine. Um, and then he went, he climbed up the rock wall and he went down the slide and he went to go up this ladder that there was, they had on this playground. And she came up to me and she goes, I don't always recommend that the little ones go up this ladder because my little sister, she one time almost fell off of it. So if you want, like I can go up behind him just to make sure he doesn't fall. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So she like follows him up and Amanda, I'm not kidding you. She played with him so well. She was so kind. She was so sweet. Like she was like pretending to race him. She's like, I'll race you up to the top. And then she'd be like, oh my goodness, you're beating me. And he is giggling and she would let him beat her up to the top. And I mean, this was like prime play. So then at one point, um, she had to go and have lunch with her like summer camp. And she like, I, I was, I felt really bad because she was playing so well with him, but like, it was time for us to wrap up. And I was like, dang, like, I really wanted to say like, thank you to her. Like, and all of a sudden she comes running across the field and she's like, I'm back. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I, you know, I asked her what her name was. I was like, you told me what your brother and sister's name was like, what's your name? And she told me, and I said, you know what? I said, thank you so much for being so kind to him and playing so well with him. And she was like, you're welcome. And I was like, you're a really good big sister and your little brother and sister are so lucky to have you. And she was like, thank you. She's like, when are you coming back? Because I'm here every day with my summer camp. And I was like, I don't oh my know. Gosh. And I felt so bad. And I swear, like, I had this moment inside of me that wanted to just like jot down my phone number and be like, tell your parents we want play dates. But like, that would have been so weird. And her parents probably would have called me and been like, why are you giving your phone number to my daughter? 
<laughs> so I was just like, I thanked her and I was like, you know what? on the off chance that we can get back to that park before the end of summer, maybe we'll see her oh. again. But <laughs> it was just like seeing her interact with him. And like, cause that's my biggest fear is that these big kids aren't always the nicest to the little ones. And just that right. was like, you are definitely an older sister and you are really good at being an older sister. And I made sure to tell that's, her that. Yeah. That's such a compliment to, to not just her, but like, to her parents, you know, like, I mean, obviously she's, you know, being taught what it's like to, you know, be kind to her siblings. Absolutely. And so kindness she's good is with huge. That kids. Yeah. And like, I feel like there's, there's a difference between like, I don't know, kind is a word that I feel like is, it's not used very often to me. Kind is is almost like the word love. Like it's used in specific situations because you could be nice to somebody. But for me, like, I feel like being kind is so much more genuine and it is just like more of a personality trait than just being nice. I, don't I totally know. agree with you. I totally, totally agree with you. I have um, a little journal that I have for my daughter. And in before we knew if she was a boy or a girl, we, um, I wrote in there when I was, she was still in my belly. Um, I wrote in her journal, the, one of the very first traits that I said I wanted her to have was that I wanted her to be kind. Yeah. It goes it, so far, especially in today's day and age. Yeah. So I think that we can go ahead and get ready to introduce our guest for this week. I am so excited. This is something a little different, um, and I think this will resonate with a, a good amount of people. Today's guest is Jennifer. She does not have any children. Today, she's going to be sharing her experience of the choice not to have children and to just be a very involved aunt instead and what went into that decision. Jennifer describes herself as a married 35-year-old pet parent, an aunt to seven nieces and nephews, four of which are local and three are in Arizona. She is a hard worker with a couple of side hustles. In her spare time, she loves to read, hike, camp, travel, attend, and work at the Renaissance festivals, spend time with, her, with animals, her own and other people's, and to relax at home with her husband. She never put a bunch of pressure on herself to have kids and when she and her husband tried and it didn't work they decided not to pursue testing and different fertility options and instead chose to have a child-free marriage because she knows how difficult getting pregnant can be firsthand she has made it a point to be the person that shuts down prying questions from family and strangers with the knowledge that she couldn't have a kid of her own and in the hopes that it makes some people feel uncomfortable enough that they don't ask those questions to others without further ado we would like to welcome jennifer to mom talks with my sister jennifer welcome hi thanks for inviting me thanks for coming <laughs> so this is going to be a very interesting talk because jennifer you do not actually have children no i do not this is, I mean, I think that this is going to be one that a lot of people out there are going to actually learn a lot from, and there's going to be a lot of women who are going to feel very connected to you in your thoughts and feelings, but we are also going to talk about how you are probably the most involved aunt uh, that I have ever met, and I <laughs> and think super awesome. 
And Jen, I can already say, like, I'm so interested to hear your take on things because I feel like you and I are very similar in the fact that if we didn't have kids, we knew we were going to be okay. We tried and, uh, you know, kind of similar to you guys, like we were kind of like, yeah, we'll try for a little bit. If it doesn't happen, we'll be okay. And, you know, my goal was to be a really good aunt too. And, you know, for us, it did happen. So um, do you want to get into a little bit about, you know, the, the initial parts of, you know, trying to become a parent or? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I personally have never really cared to have kids of my own. Um, there was a brief period of time in high school where I, you know, I think I just wanted to have my own life and be able to make my own decisions. And I was like, I'm going to have my own family and kids. And, you know, that was all part of the plan. But once I like struck out on my own and actually had my own place in my own life, I was like, I don't really need kids to fit in and, you know, feel fulfilled in my life at all. So um, it wasn't a huge end all be all for me. Um, my husband, Mike, very much wanted them. Um, so when I met him, he was honestly the first person that I met where I felt like I could have kids with this person and he would be like a, an equal partner and would help me care for them and be a good dad. And so that's why I was willing to try for, um, mm -hmm. for him because I didn't, I didn't look at my relationship with him and go, I would just have a second kid if I had a kid with this person. So um, we did, after we got married, try for two and a half years. Um, and we are actively trying, but we didn't do any like drugs or anything like that to try and like give an edge um, because he knew that it didn't matter to me that much. I had lots of friends who had been on the drugs and had negative reactions to it and, you know, put a huge strain on their marriages and their relationships. So um, it wasn't really that important to me to go through testing. Um, so once two and a half years of trying came up with nothing, uh, he pretty much was just like, you know, I'd rather like to know if our life is heading towards kids or not kids. So let's just stop trying because that way we know we're not having kids and we can just move forward um, with our plans for our life together from there. He did go get tested for uh, sperm count. It was a hassle. Nobody wanted him to be able to get that test done without me at least having taken some meds first and gotten tests um, done myself. But since that's way more invasive than him just giving a sample and having it checked, uh, he just basically kept fighting for an appointment at a urologist's office until they finally let him come in without me having had any testing or anything done. Um, and everything was fine with him. So it was probably something with, with me personally, but um, he didn't really feel the need to push me to do any of the tests or medications. So we just stopped trying. I think um, that's wild. Uh, sorry. I, I didn't have any idea that it was that, um, that stressful or that, you know, that they would push back for Mike to be tested. And I don't know, that seems, that seems odd because it is so much less invasive and it's something that is just something, I hate saying this, but it's like easier done, right? Like, so that's really interesting. Yes. Yeah, that was kind of my second question for you was regarding the doctor's visits and, you know, their push for you to do, um, you know, drugs, hormone treatments, uh, further testing for yourself versus, you know, Mike giving that sample. Um, 
did you feel extra pressure from your doctors? Like when you talked to them about this? Oh yeah. Every time I went in, they tried to convince me to um, start on uh, Clomid. I think it was that they wanted me to take. And um, when I told them I had several friends that had negative experiences with it, they were like, well, it doesn't do anything negative to you. You shouldn't have any negative experiences. Like, well, knowing firsthand from other people, I'm going to disagree with you there. Um, so I, I did do an ultrasound just to see if they could see anything from just a picture um, and they couldn't see anything. They wanted to do, you know, more of a, while you're ovulating, we're going to have you come in for all these blood tests and we want you to take these medications and um, a whole bunch of other things. And I declined. They did at one point though, tell me that since Mike, I, I was up front, was the one that wanted to have kids. I did have the doctor tell me that uh, if I didn't keep trying, that he would probably eventually resent me. So what? Yeah. A so, doctor said that to you? Yeah. She said that um, she didn't want to see my marriage have issues because if I didn't keep trying, he would likely resent me because he wanted to have kids. I, I am speechless. I would have gotten up, walked out, and had some very choice words. How yeah. dare she? I haven't gone back to that doctor. Yeah, I don't blame oh you. Not for one second. That's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, it really just kind of shows where we are as, like, a society still that, you know, the women has to go through all of the harder parts of it before they'll even think that, let's test the man's sperm count. Like, right. <laughs> that I, right. Me personally, I think that's where they should start because it's the right. easiest. So for me, mm -hmm. like, it just makes sense to go least invasive to most invasive. And mm -hmm. if it was easy for us like that, you know, for women to just go and get a quick test on egg count or egg release, or I'm not a biologist, so forgive me, but, um, you know, then sure, then why not start there? But it's crazy that they literally made you go through this whole, like, well, they didn't make you. And I'm glad that you guys fought for yourselves. And I'm glad that you ended up getting, you know, Mike tested without making you go through fertility treatments and hormone drugs, et cetera. Um, but that's crazy to me that that's where we still are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know some people who did go through, you know, the Clomid treatments and all those things just to find out that their husband was the reason that they weren't getting pregnant afterwards because they make you go through all that for several months before they're like, well, let's go have your husband get tested. Um, so even when he went to go give the sample, the doctor asked him, well, why hasn't your wife gotten these, these tests done or taken these medications? And he's like, because this is easy for me. Why would I make her go through that when I can just do this and we'll know for sure if it's me before, you know, moving forward. So Right. And potentially yeah. putting you through medical procedures and drugs that would be an experiment because we don't know what the actual problem is. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Ugh. So, Jen, as you guys were going through all this, um, you know, did your families know? Did you feel pressure from your families or how was that? So they didn't know because I had always been of the mind frame of I don't necessarily want to have kids and they knew that about me. So there was quite a bit of 
when are you going to have kids? And of course you should have kids. And, you know, my grandfather at one point was like, you, your, your dad deserves to have grandkids. And I was like, well, I, not from me. He's got other kids that he can get grandkids from. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a lot of that because they didn't realize that we were trying, but I felt like it would have been more annoying to have them ask me how it was going and yeah. you know are you getting getting treatments and are you having tests done and you know i'd rather just keep brushing them off saying i don't necessarily even care if we have kids instead of um talking through it so once we decided that we definitely weren't we did go to our families and tell them you know we just want you to know we tried for a couple of years. It didn't happen. We're not upset about it. You shouldn't be upset about it, but you can stop asking us if we're going to have kids and when it's going to happen because it's just not. What was the reaction there once you told them we have been trying and it, it didn't work for us? What was reaction you got after that? It was mixed. Um, there were quite a few people who just accepted it um, as face value. There were some people that, you know, said, oh, I'm so sorry that you went through that, which I understand that sentiment, but I, I'm lucky enough that I'm not one of those people that was putting a lot of stock in it. So, um, you know, it was nice that they were sentimental about it, but um, we weren't really that upset. Uh, there are a couple people that still occasionally, when I complain about like a particularly bad month of cramps, they're like, could it be a miscarriage? And I'm like, no, it couldn't. <laughs> we're not, it's not, a, it's not what's happening. And they're, and they're just like, well, how do you know? And I was like, because there's ways to prevent pregnancy besides just not having sex. Like, we're just, Holy I, I know for a fact that I'm not, that's not a miscarriage. We're not trying to get pregnant. Like, um, so there's still people that'll sometimes be like, well, well, maybe it might, you might just have like a surprise baby. And like, no, we are actively preventing having a baby at this point right. in our lives. We made the choice not to have one. We are right. we're preventing it from happening now. So, man, Jen, I am so sorry because I mean, I know the annoyance for me when you know we were very if we have a child, if we do, like you said, we we also did not put a lot of stock into it, um, but it ended up happening for us, and we were very much if we are going to do it and it happens, we're only having one. And, um, sorry to my husband for this TMI, but he's already gotten the snip because we knew we only wanted one. And I still get people asking like, are you guys going to do another one? And when they know they, they already know. And, and so I understand to, to an extent. And even that annoys me where I'm like, we're not, we're not doing it again. We wanted one, we have one and we're good. And the, the problem has, you know, hopefully been solved and that's it. And I still get annoyed. So I can't imagine hearing that, especially jumping to that conclusion of like a miscarriage. Oh my God. I feel like, I feel like I'm like having such reactions to this episode so far, Jen, because I'm learning so much, like, so, like so much that I didn't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, I think that a lot of people, especially family members, when they see you growing up, they're just like, they have this idea in their head of what your life's going to be when you become an adult. And I've always been a very uh, maternal person. Even when I was little, I take care of people. It's what I do. I still do it, even though I don't have kids. And so just in their minds, the fact that I'm not going to be a mom is just something that's hard for them to wrap their brains around. Um, because I just, I, my brother stubbed his toe when he was four and I gave him a bell and I put him in bed and told him to ring the bell if he needed anything. And I'd bring him food in bed. Like I, that's just who I've always been. I've just been the person that takes care of you. So um, just for them to wrap their mind around the idea that I'm not going to be a mom is difficult for them to accept, which I understand. And I try not to get annoyed by it. I feel like, I feel like though, like at some point, people who are such like deep caregivers, like you are like, it's almost, you're giving so much of yourself already to those around you that like having a child would you know, it would, I feel like it would take so much more out of you and then you wouldn't have any care left for yourself. So it's almost, I feel like it makes sense to me that you, although you are such a maternal person and like, you're probably the kindest person that I know personally, there's that word again today, Amanda, kind, kindness, there it That's is. the theme of the day. Um, yeah. But I, um, you know, I, I feel like it's good that you have those boundaries to be like, mm -hmm. you know, I do take care of the people around me, like even down to like packing lunch for Dick at the Ren Fair, because you know that this, this older man isn't going to eat. So you bring him a packed lunch, like, you know, I, it's just those little things that you think about that you do for others. And it's just like, I, I think that when you go home, you have to have some of that left for yourself. And I love that you were able to set those boundaries for yourself and, and, you know, know that you didn't need to have a child to move forward with that maternal instinct that you have and a fulfilled life that you have without one. Right. Yeah. That's so that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. So along those lines, um, you know, you hear a lot about from women who don't have children specifically, people ask them, aren't you worried you're going to miss out? Are you worried you're, you're missing out on being a mom? Um, do you, do you hear that? Do you ever worry about that yourself? And if so, how do you handle any of those feelings since this wasn't necessarily a choice to not have kids because you did try? Right. Um, I do hear that from people quite a bit. Um, I hear that. I hear the, aren't, don't you feel like you're being selfish for not wanting to have a kid? Um, I, I hear quite a bit, pretty much anything that someone would say to a woman without a kid. I I've heard, uh, as far as missing out, I am not really afraid of missing out. The one thing a lot of people say when they say you're going to miss out as a kid is who, who's going to take care of you when you get old. And I'm always just mm -hmm. like, I feel like that's a selfish reason to have a kid is if you want right. somebody around to take care of you when you get old, that's the ultimate selfishness. You know, oh, that's totally. not why you have a child. You have I a kid totally to agree. be able to like raise an awesome human and let them go live their life. You don't do it because you need someone to care for you. So, um, occasionally I'll feel usually around the holidays, I'll be like, Oh, it'd be cool if we had a kid because I'm, 
not to toot my own horn, pretty awesome at uh, decorating <laughs> for the holidays. And wait, you know, pretty? No, I'm sorry. I need to interrupt you. <laughs> I pretty yeah, awesome because I've heard about this. I. Cut it. <laughs> I like, have heard about the Christmas trees in your house because I was like, I like Christmas trees. And Bethany was like, no, Jennifer likes Christmas trees. Yes. <laughs> and not only Christmas. I mean, Christmas is her like, I mean, cream of the crop. You cannot beat Christmas at Jennifer's house. But Halloween really comes in a close second. She holds it down for holiday decorations. So tune away and stop being so humble and be like, I am the best holiday decorator you never did me, but I met you, so I yes, feel like I loved the holidays when I was a kid, and mostly because of my grandma, because I, that's where I get it from. My grandmother was one of those people that took every decoration down in her house and replaced it with a holiday decoration, and I just kind of take after her as far as that goes, and I have really fond memories growing up and having those holidays, and I think I could have given a kid really great holiday memories if if we had had a kid or occasionally, you know, I'll see other people parenting and how they're doing all these wonderful things now that, you know, we didn't get as kids, like letting their kids set boundaries about who's allowed to hug them if they don't want to be hugged and, you know, doing stuff like that. And I think we could probably have raised a really kind person and, um, you know, passed passed on some some great lessons to somebody else so there's those occasional thoughts but i don't really feel like i'm missing out on anything i get to go on vacations i get to i get to spoil the crap out of seven little kids and spend so much time with them and then just give them back to their parents when it takes time like time to actually take care of them. You know, I get to just give them sugar and toys and games and play with them. And then when it's time for teeth brushing and baths and bedtime, I get to hand them back and I don't have to take <laughs> any of the responsibility of that. So I get all of the fun of basically being a grandparent without actually having to raise my own kids first. I get to just give them all of the love and all of the spoiling and I get to do it while I'm young and not have to wait until I'm old and retired. Oh my God. I just got goosebumps. I know. I feel like too, what you're saying, Jen is like, you know, you're talking about, you feel like you could have really raised a kind human, right? But you, like you are, you're, you're instilling the best values of yourself and your husband into these kids that are picking up on those things and they're going to have those memories like you have of your grandmother, they're going to have those with you and you're not going to, you know, hopefully you will live a very long and healthy and old life and you won't be gone before they're able to appreciate it. You're still going to be there when they're old enough to be like my aunt Jen is amazing. And I learned so much from her and I am who I am because of her. I mean, you're, you're, you are, you're raising them. Yeah. And not for nothing, like kids, like eight out of 10 times don't listen to their parents and you could <laughs> tell them the same exact thing that their parents told them, but because it's coming from someone else, they're probably going to listen. So you're still able to instill those kindnesses and you're still able to teach those lessons. And, and that's awesome. And you know what you have, at least seven kids that can take care of you when you're old. And you also have my kid who will absolutely take care of you when you're old. So I think you come out ahead. I'm just saying. 
Yeah, that's that's the hope, honestly. Um, I have a friend who he's in his 50s and he still almost every time we talk together, I work with him at the Renaissance Festival and almost every summer he tells me about this cross country road trip that he took with his aunt who has no kids and they did it when he graduated high school and the two of them just went for like three weeks on this road trip across country and back and how much fun it was and how wonderful she is and all these great memories that he has of her and I'm just like that is that's the relationship that I want to have with the nieces and nephews I want to be able to to be that person for them where when they're in their 50s they're still talking to their friends about how much fun we had together and i know he still visits her regularly and calls her on the phone and that sort of thing so that's the hope i love that yeah. I love that's that. awesome i love and you know i love the comparison you made to being a grandparent without having to raise a kid first like i never ever thought of it that way and it is such a perfect description because that's really what you are like you are the fun aunt right and it's like you get to do all of the best stuff and you get to you get to make those cool memories and you don't have to discipline so they're never going to be like oh my aunt was so mean she told me i couldn't have ice cream like they're gonna be like nah my aunt snuck me some ice cream and told me not to tell mom also without like your own child like their cousin like tainted them and be like oh, my mom sucks because, like, I'm waiting for that, and I know that my daughter and Bethany's son are going to absolutely do that and, like, taint each other, and we're not going to be cool anymore. So you're just going to always be cool. It's going to be like, oh, you think my mom is cool? Do you know what she said the other day? She made the <laughs> lamest dad joke. She's not cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, too, is because when I look at my aunts, I always kind of look at them as like a mom first because mm -hmm. I've always known them as a mom. I have one aunt who was 16 when I was born. So I still have memories of her being like the fun, cool aunt until she, you know, grew up and had kids and became a mom herself, too. But everybody else, I kind of look at them as like, yeah, they're just my cousin's mom and less of like, this is the person that I went to to be like a confidant and to hang out with when I wanted to get away from my parents or, you know, whatever the thing might be. So um, I think that it's a cool opportunity. I love that. And it's it's so amazing to hearing you discuss all this because I do feel like there are a lot of people out there that, you know, don't have this mindset or this mentality and maybe they are hurting a little bit because they couldn't. And I feel like just hearing you and your story and your experience um, and the way that you approach it um, is it's just I feel like it's such a healthy way of doing it, you know, and I feel like it could give a lot of people like a different way of looking at maybe them not being able to conceive yeah well and even like bethany said it doesn't even have to be your siblings kids it could be your friends kids um yeah. you know there's always that that if you're close with somebody you are gonna be around their children unless they decide to like go into a little mom bubble you're gonna be the the aunt yeah. the by proxy because you know you're around them regularly well, when I first had my son, I, and this has fallen off and it actually breaks my heart. So let's fix this, Jennifer. Um, but when I first had my son, uh, Jennifer came over to my house once a week to help me. And I remember I felt it, like it took a lot out of me to like accept the help. And I like 
whenever she would come, she'd be like, go take a shower, go do whatever you need to do, go cook dinner. And I'd be like, but I feel like I need to be with you too. Like you, like, I feel like my son is taking you from me. So like, let's talk and let's spend time together. And, it, but it was that extra help. And it was that like, this is aunt Jen. And you know, then things, life got busy and life got in the way. And, you know, we weren't able to maintain our every, was it, Mo I think it was every Monday. It was every um, week. Yeah. Yeah. It was every week for a while. Um, but you know, I mean, Jennifer and I, we met at work and we work together still and we we get to see each other as much as we can, which I am so grateful for. And, you know, I always I always learn from you, Jen. So it's like even through this conversation, although I, I know a lot of it, like I'm still learning things about you and it's just it's amazing your outlook on it. And I think a lot of people out there who choose not to have children or can't have children um could really also learn a lot from your perspective as well because this is i mean this is awesome the way you look at it and the way you approach it thanks and we should yeah. get back to that because i miss it <laughs> i know i know i mean like, he's wild he, i don't know you say we that's, shouldn't and then you get here and you're gonna be like oh take him back okay <laughs> you know, every every other house that i go to has at least two wild children so your one will be nothing <laughs> here's the difference they have central air conditioning yeah <laughs> yeah there's that but they usually drag me outside to play so oh, okay okay yeah. i guess that's fair so i feel like Obviously, we've gotten very deep into the positives of being the aunt. Um, do you have anything that you would say would be more of a negative or something that's a little bit hard for you being such an active aunt? Um, not, not really, honestly. The only downside is, is that I have to share them with their grandparents, honestly. Um, so, uh, it's limited time, I guess. I don't want to be super pushy about, uh, quality time. So, uh, my stepsister lets me come over once a week and I just come over after work at, while they're having dinner and we hang out with the kids for probably about an hour after they done, they're done eating before they go up to bed. And then I'll go home after that. But, um, she only has two sets of grandparents to compete with my brother, um, his parents, my parents are divorced and his wife's parents are also divorced. So there's four sets of grandparents to have to try and like contend with quality time. So, um, I try not to be too pushy about wanting to hang out with them. Uh, but that's really honestly the only negative I'm seeing is that I'm not able to spend as much time with them as I would prefer to spend with them. There are a couple of times where something comes up where, uh, you know, maybe they explain something to their kids in a way that I were like, oh, maybe you could have explained that kinder. Or, um, you know, they might make a parenting choice where I, thinking about it from the outside, obviously I'm, I'm just, I'm not there every day. And I know that kids are wearing and you, you know, you don't want to have to explain every little thing when they ask you a thousand questions a day and that sort of stuff. But, um, it, there's occasionally something that will be said where I'll just be like, Oh, they could have maybe been a little bit nicer about that or reacted differently to that. So it is a little bit, uh, those are the times that I'm just like, man, I, I, 
if I was a parent, I feel like I might've tried to handle that a little bit better, but um, it doesn't happen often. My siblings are raising really awesome children and they're just gonna be well-adjusted and wonderful adults when they get older. So um, there's no negative to it. There really isn't. I just wish I could spend more time with them. That's awesome. And you're amazing. I know. Absolutely amazing. Oh, so, okay. But we do have to discuss something because um, although you are not a human child parent, you are an awesome pet parent. Let's dive (laughs) into those fur babies for a moment because you have some new additions. I do. Mm. Yeah. Um, We had two senior pets pass recently. Um, My 16 year old cat passed away in October and our 12 or 13 year old dog passed away last month. Um, So we did get some new additions. The senior cat was best, best friends with my 10 year old cat um, to the point where they were snuggling probably 22 hours out of a 24 hour day. Um, And when she passed, he started having like kitten behaviors again he started suckling on blankets and he was getting like really attached to mike and i and you could tell that he was just lonely and sad and he would try to groom our other cat and he would just he wasn't having it he would run away so um we did get an adult three-year-old uh tortoiseshell cat and um she does not want anything to do with him. So um, she would rather play with the other cat, Lincoln. So Lincoln and Twyla are best friends, which is awesome for Lincoln because he's never had a friend before. They chase each other around the house and play all the time, but that still left Hugo alone. Um, So when the dog passed away, we finally decided to get a kitten, which I never wanted to use because kittens are just like evil wrapped in a cute little body. and we did it anyways because a kitten is going to be a little bit more amenable to you know being groomed and cuddled and everything because they you know just got separated from mom recently and um even though she is evil wrapped in a cute little body she is letting him groom her and letting him snuggle with her and he's finally got a cuddle buddy again and it just like lifted a whole bunch of weight off of my shoulders for him to have a friend because he was obviously lonely he's been on two anxiety meds since his friend died in the fall so for him to to have her to cuddle with and be with and he's so patient with her she tackles him and tries to bite him and she's just wants to wrestle and play and he's just not that kind of cat but um she is able to climb all over him and he just takes it and then um once she's done playing he'll snuggle up with her and they can cuddle and he gave her such a bath today that she was actually soaking wet when he was done so um oh you go it reminds me of like on finding nemo where like the little like plankton thing comes out and he like spins nemo around and he's like voila you're clean yes yes i was i was telling mike i said it reminded me of that scene from uh the lion king where nala and simba were getting their baths (laughs) um and he just kept pinning her down and continued to lick her and i was just like i mean she's 
she's willing to let him do it. So <laughs> I guess. And then the two of them just passed out together. It was the best. And you need to um, fill us all in on her awesome name because she's got a pretty seriously awesome name. We named her Mazikeen after the demon <laughs> from the show Lucifer. Mike said that it was because it was dark like her soul, but also kind of sweet. <laughs> and if you have not watched Lucifer, 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's on Netflix. It is fantastic. And Mazikeen is one of the greatest characters I think ever written into any TV show. So yeah. when you told me that that was the name you chose, I was like pooping in my pants with excitement. Yeah, he was he was excited when he thought of it. She gave him a black eye when he was sleeping. She punched him in the face and he had a black eye for three days. This little one pound black kitten. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> They're evil. They're evil wrapped in cute. Yep. That's how they continue because they trick yes. us. And we're like, oh my yes. God, yes. I want so many kittens. And then you get yes. one and you're like, Ugh, what did I do? Actually, really funny story. Today we were doing bath time and my son had the, um, the body wash sitting on the side of the tub. And he looks at it and he like takes his pointer finger and he starts pushing it slowly. And Brian <laughs> goes, don't do that. And he just starts pushing it slowly. And Brian's like, I said, don't do that. And he pulls his hand back and then all of a sudden he just bats it onto the ground. And I was like, that was a cat move. Like a cat. And Ryan goes, yeah. absolutely a cat move. And I was like, that's why we don't have cats. <laughs> you know what though, to be to be fair though, we can seriously equivalent babies and kittens because babies do the same thing as kittens do because then they grow up and they push the body wash off the side of the tub. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, it's slow. People like have a second one. Yes. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, the first one was so great. This is so easy. Let's just have another one. Oh, man. Ask if, me again why we only are having Wait, one. but if that is the case, like, what am I in for? Because not that my son right. is bad. He is not. He is, he is incredible. He's just so much that it's like, if I was to have a second that was just so much more i i don't know if i'd survive i don't know you might <laughs> yeah, the find second just... one's always much more like <laughs> every time the second one is much more bethany can attest to that <laughs> i'm just gonna go lay in my backyard starfish i give up i am done <laughs> but in terms of you and i amanda i can contest i am so much more <laughs> so much more yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I might be good, extra, but you're extra, extra. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You know, it all depends on the day. <laughs> they are very similar, though. We were just with our niece and nephew at dinner today, and the two of them are just running around in circles, screaming and letting out all this energy. And I'm like, look, it's like human kittens. <laughs> See? It's basically the same energy, just in a different type of body. And the thing is, they're both interested in the same toys because every time we go yes. to Amanda's house, my son's favorite thing to play with is her cat's toy. It's mm -hmm. that one that lights up with that has a little mouse that pops out of the holes. Yep. yep. He loves that yep. thing. They also both very much like to play with toys that aren't toys. Our kitten found a straw Boxes. and was playing with it for half an hour the other day. And today <laughs> my nephew found like a metal 
like the the metal outside for a glass candle you know that how they make those little like metal holders to put your um oh, yeah. candles into and that mm -hmm. was the toy and there were toys everywhere but that was the toy and it's like just see ki like kittens they're just like kittens <laughs> yep it's true that's awesome mm -hmm. All right, so let's move on to our Ask a Mom segment. We're going to do this one a little bit different this week since Jennifer does not have children. Um, instead of asking a random question from our listeners, we have decided to let Jennifer compile some random questions. We are still going to spin our magical wheel. So Amanda, are you ready to spin the wheel and have Jennifer ask us her questions? I've never been more ready. Let's do this. I'm very excited. All right, here we go. I'm going to give her a little go. Okay. The wheel's getting wonky. It is getting a little wonky. All right, Jennifer, the first question landed on number five. So go ahead and ask us your number five question that you put together. Okay. So this one came from my husband and it was, <laughs> how scary was the first poop after giving birth? <laughs> I love that the husband asked a poop question. This yep. is real. Um, yes. so, so this poop is like a poop of legends. Everybody talks about this like legendary mucon muconium poop, if I'm saying it right. Um, I mean, it's got its own name for crying out loud, right? <laughs> I mean, this is a serious poop. Um, I was terrified of it and I can tell you, I didn't have to deal with it. I, because of the C-section, um, and the medications that I was on, um, I, I don't know if it happened actually, um, when I was recovering, I feel like that would be really fast for it to happen. But then my son was taken to special care for um, two days. I didn't do diapers for like the first couple of days because he was in special care. So I missed that poop, but I was terrified of it because everyone talked about the seediness and the darkness. And I don't know. I didn't see it. Can we, can we have, do you want to know what I thought her question was? I thought it was asking how scared were you to take your first poop because, <laughs> because I was terrified. I was less terrified of changing the baby's diaper. And I was more terrified of me having to go. You thought muco mu the mucomium, or I can't even say the word, was in regard to the woman's first poop postpartum. I've never heard of that term, so that's what I was like, oh, it must be me. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> okay, now I feel like we need clarification. Jen, was this a baby poop that Mike wanted to know about, or was this... The woman I honestly that. couldn't tell you that was the exactly the question he texted it to me after I sent him your your request so I well, couldn't tell you it could have I been can... about either so my question my answer for Amanda's take on this question um is I wasn't actually scared because of the c-section but I feel like my my thought process probably would have been different if I had a, a vaginal birth um mm -hmm. because of because of the surgery, I guess I was a little nervous, but like physically down there, I was more nervous that I wasn't going to be able to actually poop. And then they were going to keep me there longer. So I was like, 
I got to get this out. I got to get, cause you know, they, they keep you after surgery until you poop to make sure everything's moving. So, um, mm -hmm. so that, that's my answer to that one. So Amanda, now you have two answers to give. So I, I think, I think it's funny because I think that you probably answered it because like I said, I had never, I didn't realize that the baby's first weird CD poop, like tarry CD, whatever that is. I didn't realize that there was actually like, I, I knew there was a name, but I didn't know what it was. Um, but I think that I approached the question the way that I did being that I gave a vaginal birth. And I think you approached it the way you did being that you didn't give a vaginal birth. So when we're talking about the first poop, I like it, I know it's, it's different for everybody. And I know some women rip very little and some women rip very badly. I unfortunately ripped very badly. And so I was in a lot of pain, which again, this is, I'm not saying that I'm different than anybody else because you are in pain, no matter how you give birth essentially. Right. But, um, I was given the amount of stitches that I had and the fact that like your body is just kind of like figuring out like what just happened and it's trying to like regulate itself. Like there's, there's not like a normal way to go. And then they give you like stool softeners. And, um, I was terrified. Um, I will say the first poop that the baby did, um, my husband changed the diaper, um, cause I was on a very, very minimal amount of sleep. Like I was heading towards 72 hours of not sleeping. I wasn't quite 72, but I was awake for a full two days because my body was just like in hyper mode and I don't sleep anyways. But yeah, so I was like, I think I was like half zonked. I was just like, to the world so i wasn't really scared but the first poop he, he did with that special name the first poop the special name special name <laughs> and he asked me it's so funny because he asked me he goes what is this and i was like oh my god like i've forgotten about it because i do have memories of mostly allison when she was a baby and like seeing hers when she was first born and being like that's weird you know like and so i knew what it looked like but like he was so freaked out. He was, what is this? How was this made? Why are there seeds in it? Like, <laughs> which I still don't know the answer to any of these questions. No, no, no. Clearly, so. don't ask me because I didn't even know the name. So, <laughs> yeah. Jennifer, do you want to do one more spin of the wheel, or are you comfortable with the answers that you have received thus far? <laughs> No holds back here, you, Jen. I think you did a great job answering those, but I could ask another question if you wanted. Okay. All right. Let's let's see what else you got. Let me let me try this wonky wheel one more time. I don't know what's going on with it. I'm gonna get my money back. <laughs> it sounds awful. The wheel has a cold. It's got it, it took my voice. That's what happened. It took your voice. That's what it oh. All right, Jennifer, question number three. Okay, so I obviously am not a parent. So um, seeing the new way that people are trying to parent their kids as far as being like loving towards themselves and towards others. And, you know, there was a, a little bit of that, obviously, when we were growing up. But I feel like there's a big push now to like, try and help kids have better self-esteem than we did growing up and to accept their their bodies the way that they are and um to love other people for for their abilities and their bodies and things like that um like what things do you feel like you're doing different 
as parents than what your parents did for you growing up? Oh, I'm that one's a answer. deep one. Okay. That, this is deep. But Especially I'm because answer. we have the same parents too. So this is going to be <laughs> interesting. I, but I think you're going to agree with me on this. Um, so um, we, we love our mom. Uh, my mom, our mom did an amazing job raising us and, um, you know, under the circumstances that, you know, she was given the card, she was dealt in life. And the one thing that Bethany and I both said when we were having kids is that we never wanted our kids to hear us talk poorly about ourselves and pick up those traits because Bethany and I recognized that we are both very similar to our mom in the fact of not really having any confidence. I mean, we're putting ourselves out there here, you know, on this podcast, but you know, when it comes to appearances, um, there's a, there's a big lack of confidence and self-esteem that we have. And we picked up that from our mom. Our, our mom is even more so than we are. So we said to each other, um, very, very early on that, you know, we can still say those things to each other about how we might be feeling about ourselves and being in our own skin and things that bother us and our specific traits that drive us nuts about ourselves um, that, you know, are very not nice things to say about yourself. Um, but we never want to say those in front of our kids um, because we don't want our kids, we don't want the cycle to continue and we don't want our kids to pick up that in which we picked up from our mom in which she picked up from her mom, you know? So that I think for me is the most important thing. I, I think to answer this question as quickly, I guess, as possible. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that confidence, confidence, confidence. Um, the other thing that I specifically am doing is, um, that was different than what my dad did, um, was I am, very open and accepting of all of my son's feelings and i always validate them uh even though he is only two i've since the day he was born you know i i recognize what he's feeling and i tell him it's okay to feel it like for instance struggling with speech he gets frustrated so easily and and i always tell him like i see that you're frustrated and it's okay to be frustrated like let's figure out what we can do to fix, you know, whatever's frustrating you. Um, you know, if he's upset, I, I acknowledge, like, I know that you're upset. It's okay to be upset. Let's figure it out. You know, and I, and I let him have those feelings because I feel like we definitely, um, you know, without going too deep here, we grew up with, you know, not a lack of emotion. I don't want to say that at all. It was never a lack of emotion, but it was always kind of like, tampered is that the, the right word tampered suppressed maybe suppressed, suppressed. Yeah. yeah suppressed yeah so um that's big for me just allowing him to have feelings and to let him know that those feelings are okay yeah that's a nice one i saw my brother doing that with my niece tonight she was saying that she thought her brother looked frustrated and he said well what do we do when we feel frustrated and she said take a deep breath and he's like yep we can take a deep breath and um you know what else could we do when we're feeling frustrated and just like teaching them a healthy way to deal with their emotions is nice the other thing i've seen a couple people doing and i try to make a conscious effort with my little nibblings is um 
I'll ask them if I can have a hug, but I'm not going to force them to give me a hug. And if they don't want to give me a hug, I'll say, can I have a high five or a fist bump? And if they don't want to do that either, I always make a point of saying, if you don't want to be touched, I'm not going to touch you, <laughs> you know, yeah. just so that they can have that bodily autonomy. Because my husband talks mm -hmm. all the time about how he hated being forced to hug like aunts and uncles and cousins and things sure. like that. Um, so that's another thing that I've, I've personally noticed, but it's always interesting to hear from other people what, what things they think they're, they're trying to do differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's also a really good point because, you know, there are just times where it's just like, I don't want to be touched. Like, don't touch me right now. Like, regardless of why, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's because I don't know, I just got home from working out or because I'm just really angry and I just don't want you to touch it. Like, I'm not the most touchy feely person to begin with. So like, I totally understand that. And I think that's a great point to make too. Yeah. Especially as you get older too. I think as the kids get older, um, cause they, like, John, I think you're right. Like we've all been in situations when, you know, we were younger, whether it was like a family friend or whatever that like, you're like, I don't, I don't really know this person. Like, I really don't, I really don't want to hug them. Like, right. so I, I definitely, I definitely get that. Right. Yeah. You don't want to want them to feel like they owe somebody a hug. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. I like that. Yeah. That's something I never even like, I guess thought about. So I, I, I like that. Yeah. That is a good one. All right. Well, I think that um, I think we're wrapped up unless he, anyone has anything else they want to add. I loved this. I think that this is such a unique perspective on motherhood. And like I said at the beginning, I think this is going to relate to so many people. And Jen, I cannot thank you enough for, for doing this with us. This is you're such a just good person and a person that I think whether you're a mom or not, people should strive to be like. Thanks. I'm glad you had me on. I like being able to give the perspective of somebody that had fertility issues but isn't afraid to talk about it. I think it's really difficult for a lot of women to discuss. And so whenever anybody does, you know, bring up why don't you have kids yet or why didn't you have kids? I always try to be completely honest just because for me, it doesn't hurt me to answer those questions, but for a lot of women, it hurts them to answer those questions. So if I can speak up to the person who's asking like a really, um, in my in my opinion, personal question when you're asking if, you, if you're gonna have kids. Uh, if I can speak up and say, I couldn't have kids, it might make that one person think twice about asking the next person why they don't have them yet. Yeah. The, the other thing that I do wanna add, I know that we're definitely running out of time here, um, but the other thing I do wanna add is that as a friend, um, you know, when I, got pregnant. I knew you were actively trying at that point. And we had another uh, close friend of ours who was, who had gone through the fertility treatments and they weren't working. And I found out I was pregnant and I wasn't sure how to tell you guys that I was pregnant. Um, and I made the decision to reach out to you individually and to reach out to you first. Um, I mean, you weren't the very first people I told, but I mean, before I went like public, public. Um, and I, and I remember I just said, Hey, um, I just want to let you know privately, like we're expecting. And I know that this may be something that's hard for you to hear because you have been trying. Um, so, you know, if you need time to 
sit with this information before you talk to me about it. Like, that's totally fine. Um, I understand. I just want, wanted you to know um, that this is, you know, and I made that decision to kind of reach out quietly before making it big and expecting everyone to be happy for me because it's also normal if you're struggling to conceive and you have someone close to you that is able to relatively quickly to to have kind of a feeling of envy almost I, I mean envy may not be the right word but you know they have what you're trying to have so that can be a tough emotion to deal with as well yeah and that's a nice way to to go about it because some people definitely i mean i was i think instantly excited for you but yeah. um most people have a hard time especially if they've been struggling so it's it's hard to accept that it's easier for other people when it's it's difficult for you sometimes yeah so awesome thank you so 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 much jennifer like we appreciate this so much you're welcome thanks for having me this is fun Absolutely, it's was fun. Let's do it it's again sometime. Yes. <laughs> <I know. laughs> let's, let's just get dinner next time and just like hang out and not. That record. sounds or, like a plan to me. <laughs> okay. The other the other thing we can do we can get dinner and then maybe like we like don't even have to talk like we just all be together and then we can like live our best lives and uh, read a book because I as a mom yes. don't get to read books and I miss yes. my reading of books so much and I'm always like man. Oh, I wish I like could just sit down and read this book for like an hour and I can't. So we'll, <laughs> we'll live our best lives with Jen. I go. saw the best idea on TikTok the other day. A whole group oh. of women just rented an Airbnb for the weekend to have a reading weekend together. And they brought wine Genius. and crackers and cheese and they brought their books and they just stayed in the Airbnb and read all weekend. And I am down for that. If you guys are I'm down, so for that. down for that. I love this for us. Sign Even if it just ends up being the three of us. You know, I feel like I have a lot of people that would be into this. I'd be like, we're having quiet time all day long. Yeah. All, all, all day. day long. Yeah. Do not talk to me between these I, hours. I and then I'm going to be asleep between those other hours. So also don't talk to me. Also, also don't talk to me. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? If you wake up at the crack of dawn like I do, I won't have to bother anybody because I won't uh, need to be doing anything other than rolling over, grabbing my book and continue reading. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, ladies, I'm going to bed. It's yep. past my bedtime. Yep. <laughs> we'll have a lovely evening. <laughs> you too. Thanks, guys. Right. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 how social media inept I am, Amanda. I had to stop myself because I almost said, you were retweeted by them on Instagram, right? <laughs> no. Send no, her home. Wasn't. She's done. Go home, Bethany. You're drunk. <laughs> I swear. Okay. So, anyways, moving on from that. Please note, the views and opinions shared by our guests are just that, opinions. They do not necessarily reflect our own views on topics discussed. So please keep an open mind while listening, as nothing about our podcast is meant to be hurtful or exclusive. Thanks for joining.